Welcome to the Drew and Crew podcast. I had so much fun last week that uh, I decided to invite back my two my two boys, uh, Matt G. Yudenko, my twin brother. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. And Tyler Triple. What's up, Triple? Hey, buddy. It's nice talking to you again. And, uh, I think we are on agreement that uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys came back. Um, we're not going to have you on every single time, obviously, because uh, uh, we're going to try and get some more people on there, too. Or we could just do two episodes a week if you guys were down with that. It's up to you. But um, uh, it was a blast last time, so it's cool to have you guys back on. Um, before we get into anything, Trip, I want you to know that uh, I got myself some beers this time, so uh, I'm going to try and keep that a tradition. So besides the podcast I'm coming out with with Jeff and Matt, because it'll be 11 a.m. on Friday when I do it, so if I drink that early, I'll probably be an alcoholic, but it's all good. Nothing wrong with some Wednesday night drinks. I'm mixing it up this time. Instead of beer, I got some crown apple and cranberry juice. So feeling a little frisky at night. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> do you work tomorrow? Of course I do. I got to be up at 545. <laughs> yeah. Yuck. Yeah, so I know, uh, Matt, you, you're teaching tomorrow too, right? Yeah, so no, no drinks. You guys are living the life, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you said you've you've taken off from drinking for a while, right? Is that still going good? Uh, sort of. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I had a couple this past weekend, but health issues again. So I think I'm, I'm calling it quits. Got to make sure my health is good. Forever or, uh, uh, for a while? Forever. For a while. <laughs> That's wild. All right. <laughs> for an ever while. Forever while. Forever yeah. while. Just because, I kind of brought up drinks for a certain reason because uh, here in Montana, there's two things that I wanted to uh, kind of uh, harp on for a second. Uh, so their wheat beers here are really good, and they're like fruit wheat beers. So I just had a peach wheat, and it's pretty it's pretty delicious. So um, I'm going to try and bring home uh, like a 12-pack of those uh, that you boys can try out if you want. And then uh, also, this one's for Trip because uh, – Matt's already had this, but have you ever heard of a huckleberry? Don't believe I have. Okay, so huckleberry is like kind of rare. It's like just grown in the Northwest apparently, but it's seriously the best berry ever. And um, <laughs> dude, it sounds so stupid to say, but I just had to bring this up because it's called 44 North Huckleberry Vodka. It is the best liquor I've probably ever tasted in my life. I mean, I'm down to try some vodka. I'm not a big wheat beer guy, but maybe I'll try one of those too. But you yeah, know. so and for anybody else listening to, it's called Forty Four North Huckleberry Vodka. It is so good. So I'm, I, I'll either make so at my bar, I'll make um, and I don't make them too much, but uh, I love them, so I make them for myself. Uh, it's a huckleberry um, and a lemonade, or a uh, it's a huckleberry mule I'll make, and they're so good. I'm gonna buy a bottle here before I head out and. Uh, and then I'll let you guys try them for sure. There you go. I'm down. Yeah. But um, I'm back to drinking some Coors Light, so I just plowed through my <laughs> peach wheat. So, anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to get into dodgeball, obviously. This is going to be the main focus of our podcast. Um, but we got some questions, uh, if you guys saw on Facebook, beforehand, which is pretty sweet. So, we got some funny ones, and we got some, uh, some deep-thinking ones. So, uh, right off the bat, before we even get into that, to keep the drinking uh, convo kicking, 
one question I have for myself is what team do you want to drink with? Now, Matt, I guess you're kind of excluded, but triple, if you had any team that you could pick in the dodgeball community to drink with, who would it be and why? Ugh. Uh, I don't know. That's probably a tough one. I really like the Rainboros guys. So I, I don't know. I, I've drank with a lot of the teams in the East, so I'm trying to get a little creative and think of maybe some teams who I haven't actually uh, drank and had some fun with. So I always I always enjoyed seeing the Rainbows guys at Nationals. So I, I bet uh, I, I bet those guys can drink pretty well. So I, I'd like to party with them. Yes, yeah, so we actually had a um, an opportunity too during our we did a Northwest road trip last summer. I think uh, if you remember. And um, we got to drink with them one night in Portland. And it was actually a really fun time. Uh, I got to know them a little bit more. And uh, they're really cool dudes. I know, like, there's certain, like, stigmas against certain players on their teams. But um, they're just Facebook they're, trolls. They're all f***ing hilarious. I love those guys. So, <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 yeah. They're, they're just I, – I, see, I think I would fit in with that team. Like, they're, they're more concerned with having a good time than – I mean, some of the dodgeball hardos. So I, I would, I'd, I love those guys. I always like seeing them, even if it's once a year. So that's my easy pick. Yeah. So um, before I get into that real quick, because I just sent the uh, login and password real quick, I decided to juice things up a little bit. I'm having a surprise guest on tonight. Didn't want to let you guys know to to ruin the surprise, but uh, Matt, you'll you'll see the waiting room pop up real quick. So. Um, just when you see it, uh, let him on, and then uh, he'll kind of introduce himself. But anyways, um, what team do I want to drink with? I think my favorite team that I did drink with so far, besides our team, obviously, was um, Team Doom. I have a really funny story. Uh, when I think it was 2016, the Nationals, when we were in New Orleans. I won't say it on this podcast because uh, <laughs> it's a little dirty, but uh, – Let's just say that uh, shout-out to Team Doom because uh, that was a hilarious time. But anyways, if I could drink with a new team, who would I want to drink with? Uh, I actually haven't given it much thought, but um, I really like listening to, like, um, just on Facebook, like Tyrell, uh, JJ, and um, Ty Fraser and all them. Like, they seem like they just have the best time. So it would be fun to kind of drink with those guys. Um, I've always already drank with Joe uh, Tats, and uh, he's probably one of my favorite guys to drink with, though, too, because he just buys an absurd amount of alcohol uh, for anybody you're drinking with. So that's always a great time, too. If, if there's anyone that's played dodgeball before, they have drank with Joe Tats because he drinks all the time. So yeah, I, I think everyone can say that. And also, shout out Ascension. I didn't even think about them, even though those are my guys down in Florida. And we played trampoline. All three of us played trampoline with them a lot. Um, and I tried to even uh, – we when uh, before they joined up and uh, Toon Squad and whatever our name was before that, um, we played each other and Toon Squad knocked us out. But I love all those guys, Ryan and Trey and uh, Patrick and all of them. So they, they would probably be another really fun group to hang out with because I see them a lot of dodgeball, but we didn't really spend much time outside of dodgeball. But I love all those guys too. Yeah, and um, we'll let you know how they drink because uh, we have Gabe and Devin going to um, that Denver trip. So, uh, oh, awesome. we'll, let you know. we'll let you know how crazy they get when they drink. <laughs> <laughs> if they if they even drink, we don't really know. So we'll find out. <laughs> um, okay, for the next question for dodgeball, 
Um, this one's going to be kind of crazy because uh, it says personal training techniques. This is from Frenchie. Uh, he said for throwing, catching, and dodging. Do you do anything specifically to, uh, I guess, keep lo loose for throwing, catching, and dodging? Do you do specific, like, workouts, anything like that? We'll start with Matt. Um, when I was playing and consistently playing for throwing, I, I just lift weights and, um, I did a lot of band workouts and things of that nature for my arm. Uh, my arm progressively got worse though. So lifting weights probably wasn't the best idea. Um, but I also had an injury, so that, that played a part, but band workouts definitely worked, uh, definitely was, uh, was beneficial, uh, for throwing, uh, also dodging. I would say with dodging, I think mixing it up playing other sports really helped with dodging because your footwork is you're, – you're working on your footwork, you're working on your reaction time, things of that nature. So I would say being diverse in the sports that you play, even if you don't – even if you're not that good in other sports, it's just good to be an all-around athlete to kind of work on those things. And then catching – you literally just got to sit there and just get blasted closer. Uh, that kind of worked for me. I like to be able to have somebody throw at me closer than they normally would. Um, just because when you get to the game, um, the ball is going to take, obviously going to take a little bit longer time to get to you. So there are three things I really worked on. Um, and then uh, there's also a thing it's called crossing the midline. Uh, it's just when you, when you have a ball and you're just kind of going from, uh, side to side you can even get two bouncy balls and just bounce them both at the same time just kind of works on your overall hand-eye coordination catching and uh and dodging so that's just stuff that i kind of do all right i got the uh i got the guest coming on you want me to pop him on or do you want me to wait until after we all run through this pop him on pop him on right now all right i'm concerned it just says dodge actually i know who this is <laughs> put it on put it on all right He's gonna he's gonna show up with his face watch for an audio. It'll be pretty. It'll be pretty funny. Got that. Uh, he's got that dial up. It's taking him forever. Yeah. That Windows ninety six. <laughs> um, and then Trip, we'll get into you uh pretty quickly, but um, you come from a baseball background. Obviously, we talked about it on the last podcast, but um. We'll get yeah. to you uh, right after uh, this person gets on. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want me to answer while he's connecting, if it's going to take him 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's easy. It, you already said it's baseball. So, I mean, I like – I was big into long tossing, like, back from high school, just, like, um, building building arm strength is all just long tossing. Started Starting close, getting loose, and then really airing it out, doing really uh, long arm paths. Um, and getting a lot of air under the ball and throwing pretty much to your max, like keep stepping back until um, it gets to pretty much uh, your max distance. And then as you're out there, it's uh, pretty much start throwing liners and shorten up your arm path because, um, I mean, it's good. The, the long throws are good to get loose and, uh, and build some strength. And then as, as you get loosened up, I start trying to throw liners and shorten up my arm to be a little quicker and keep the speed. Um, that's just good for me to, uh, I mean, keep good arm health and, 
and learn learn to throw hard again because I mean especially when I'm I'm not playing much around here trying to jump right into elite it's hard like when you pick up that first ball not to just put everything you have into it um so if you don't have a lot of places to play just trying to find anyone that you can just go go onto a field and air it out with I know when we were living together in Florida, we were doing that a lot with baseball and even footballs, just anything that you can just max throw and build. And then next time out, try and get a little further and further just to build some arm strength. That's kind of all I was ever concerned with. I'm not much of a dodger. I think people that have seen me play probably know that. So I'm pretty much just out there to sling. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Matt, is he still connecting? No, nah, he disappeared. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we'll keep going. Uh, if that specific person text me i'll uh i'll figure it out but um we know who it is i know don't say it yet listen we're gonna ruin the surprise for trip but i know uh, who it is also who is it it's gotta be chris linsky (laughs) yeah duh (laughs) but uh (laughs) for me um for throwing uh it was a mix of just having natural ability i think matt can attest to that too we've always had uh, pretty good throws and then um also, just playing the sport over and over, you get a, you get your throw down, you get your accuracy down, and then uh, your throw speed, I feel like, tends to go up, especially when you're peaking as an athlete. But uh, also going to the gym and staying healthy, though, too, is a, is a huge thing, too. And um, just building muscle, building my tendons and things like that, too, helped me with my throw speed. Um, with catching, I'm a terrible catcher. So uh, it was all just in-game experience. It's so funny, like, how, like, different it is to catch a dodgeball besides, like, if you're trying to catch a football. If you're trying to catch a football, I, I think it's so easy to catch a football. But to catch a dodgeball, it has to be in my breadbasket. If it's not, the only way I'm catching is from some freak accident catch, pretty much. And then with dodging, I think youth played a big part of that for me. Um, I think me and Matt were um, – known as Dodgers earlier in our career. And we were just – one of our things, we didn't have fear of, like, getting hurt, so we would just do some crazy stuff. But youth played a big part of it, though, too. And also what Matt said, too, with dodging, um, mixing in different sports, playing a, a wide variety of sports helped with the dodging, too. But um, simple things like um, like um, burst push-ups, too, is another thing, like that uh, push-up dodge I do a lot. And, uh, Matt, have you – You've done a couple of those too, right? No, I, I stick just flying through the air. Yeah. Well, I know Jeff does though too, but like those burst push-ups though too help a lot with that. But uh, we won't spend too much more time with that. Let's go to Frenchie's other question. He said, how do I get an opportunity to play with you guys? And uh, Gage, Gage Young actually uh, kind of mimicked that question though too. So shout out to those guys. Um, Matt, if if these guys were to come in, uh, how would they get to be on our team or to play uh, with our team or triples team or? So before before we get to that, we got our we got our guest on. What up, bro? Okay, remember this is this is recorded. <laughs> hey, sorry I'm late, fellas. What's up? Yo, yo. All right. You got a beautiful face, but you don't need your face on right now. Chris. I know. Well, I'm just, yeah, I'm just looking. I don't, dude, I'm super new. It's, I even have, like, my kid that, like, is, like, better with the Google Meets now. I'm, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't even know how to turn this off. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being on. Um, Chris, I love you, buddy. Uh, we all love you, obviously. But um, 
So what we're doing right now is we're going through a couple dodgeball questions, and then we're going to shoot to football. And then uh, if you want to stick around for MMA, we're going to do that too. So it's up to you, buddy. Oh, yeah, brother. Let's go. All right. <laughs> so, Matt, with um, uh, with the opportunity to play, when we had Team Austin uh, pumping, what would be – when would be the exact time Frenchie and Gage could probably play on our team? So before we move on, if you guys didn't catch it, Chris Zelinski is on. Um, he didn't introduce himself, but I'll introduce him for you. Um, so what a guy. The question is, can they play now or what time frame? I wasn't too sure of the question. It's just like they want to – so they want to gain more experience with like, I guess um, – like a, a well-established team. Yeah. So what would what would it take for them to get to play on a team, like, say, Team Awesome or Doom or, or like, a, a well-established team like that? Yeah, so they have to um, they have to share their credit card numbers, and we can, uh, we can purchase things through that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I would say finding, finding a specific role that you do well and if that team needs that role, does that make sense? Yeah. So I, would, I, agree. I would, yeah, I would say, I would say that's the biggest thing. And then obviously the, the easiest way to get on a, a really stacked team um, to play would be find, find a fun tournament to, to really introduce yourself. Cause just like any other sport, you could be a really good player, but if you don't mesh with the team, it might just not work out. And it's not that, you're not good or whatever it may be. It's just sometimes really good players just don't mesh. Um, so it's really big. It's really big on roles, at least for our team. I'm speaking for our, our, our team. Um, we were big on roles. And if a, if a player really uh, fit the mold of what we were looking for, because I think our team might've had the most players switch in and out out of any team. I could be wrong, but we had a lot of people fill in and out uh, years. And what we would normally do is like if Frankie was out, we would look for a, a, a dominant catcher to fill that role. Or like if Drew or I were out or Chris was out, we'd look for a corner person. Um, Tyler was out, we would look for somebody with a, with a cannon. So it all depended on who was missing for that tournament. We would, we would try and fill that role. Yeah, I agree. And uh, to kind of piggyback off you too, I think the one person that stands out to me the most when thinking of this type of question is uh, Brendan uh, Wogelmuth. Just because, because of how he approached everything. Like, uh, Triple talked about this in the first podcast, but we played against him in a tournament. Right away, I was like, this guy's got a really good arm, but uh, we don't know much about him. We didn't really even know him. But I think the first thing you got to do is reach out to the team and kind of be like, hey, if you ever need a filler, um, I'm, I would love to play on your team. And just obviously just put your name out there. And then, like, people take notice for that too. Like, so, for instance, he messaged me. And I took notice to it. I remember it. I was like, all right, he's got a pretty good arm. But that's all I really knew about him. So then, uh, sure enough, we had a couple people drop out of a tournament. And it wasn't a serious tournament, but it was, like, one that, like, obviously every tournament we want to win. So we were like, all right, we got to fill this role. So I hit him up. I was like, hey, if you want to play, uh, meet us at this tournament, blah, 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 blah. Sure enough, he played. He crushed it. So then I was like, all right, let's give him another shot. Next time we needed him let him come out. He killed it again. And then sure enough, he was on team Austin. So I think that's the way to go about it. Obviously it's a little bit harder for these guys because they're all over the country. And it's a little bit harder, but I would stick to uh, the teams you want to be on 
on locally, unless if you're financially stable where you can just ball out and fly anywhere you want. But I think that makes the most sense. What about, uh, what about you, Chris? Yeah, I think Matt said it well. I think, you know, the game had changed from back when we were battling each other out for the East Coast, you know, where it was kind of just all around athletes, but then it slowly turned into like positional players. So I think, and, and even now, like you like some of the most dominant teams, you don't just have like a guy or a gal who's who can just do one thing. So the team teams are now structured with like the individuals who are just all like well-rounded that who can do everything, a little bit of everything, but really a, like a pro in one, but who can fill in a spot uh, when necessary. And, I, and like you said, Drew, like Brendan was like an, is an awesome example because I don't think we knew how well of a catcher he was when he first came on. We all knew he had a good arm, but um, he's not the most vocal dude, but he fit, he, he meshed so well with us because he knew that we all had, he had a specific role to play, but, when it was time for him to say, even jump in the corner, he handled himself like well um, in, in every scenario. So, um, so yeah, it's just everyone's just like well-rounded now. It's, it's, it's crazy how far it's come. 100%. Uh, Triple, you got any insight on that as well too? No, I mean, I think you guys all covered it, and it kind of all goes back to what I was saying last week too. I think me, me and Brendan are, again, the perfect ex- examples. Like Brendan got in with you guys first because – you guys met him first and he joined up and uh, his first few tournaments were small. And I know he was kind of hounding you guys about me, but you were in the middle of your UDC season already. So I wasn't just going to, my first tournament with you guys was not going to be during UDC. Like, so I waited, I waited around for a couple months until like local Allentown and small tournaments popped up until Brennan could pull me out. I think the first the first time I actually played anything competitive outside of rec league was a two on two tournament with Brendan that like me and him got like second or third. And then from there, like that was like the first time I met all of you guys. Um, and then a couple weeks later I joined up in some tiny little, uh, I, I don't even know what you rec center little turf field that we played uh, foam and uh 8.5 in the same day and I came and just I joined your team and Brennan was like well I'm bringing a buddy but he's gonna play on my team um and I mean our team was so team awesome was so big back then you guys pretty much always had two teams at every tournament which I think was a really cool way that you guys went about it because I don't think a lot of teams really have like a a theater team like you guys did and I don't really see that anymore um and that kind of fell by the wayside eventually too but my first tournament playing with team awesome um, I think Matt and Drew, you were both there. I don't believe Chris was. And I think it was uh, the two of you, me, Brendan, Sam, and Frankie. And, I mean, it was a small tournament. But, I mean, I got to show up and show you guys how I can play. And I think Brendan's a little different because Brendan's pretty well-rounded everywhere. And I, I kind of just showed up and could show you I can throw. And then I think my, my first big tournament with you guys was when you were heading down to New Orleans, uh, like we said last week. And you kind of just needed another arm. Like you had plenty of guys on your kind of second squad um, that were more than capable of filling in. But I think you guys kind of just step back and try to think what you needed for that tournament. Cause I, I don't think Chris was there either. I could be wrong on that, but um, you needed more throwers. So I, I was the guy to fill in and I went and I played well. And then I kind of just joined up with you full time the next year. 
Um, so that was kind of my entry in. So me and Brennan were a little bit different, but also kind of the same. Like we became friends with you guys. We played the tournaments that don't matter. But I mean, it is tougher, like you were saying, Drew, for guys out of state, unless you're really shelling out cash for people that live a couple hundred miles away. It's hard to play in tournaments other than the big tournaments, but those tournaments are tournaments you want to win, obviously. So, I mean, it, it's good to, to, I mean, if you can afford to travel and show up to some some more lighthearted, fun tournaments that aren't going to cost a lot of money or aren't going to be overly competitive to just see how well you fit in because there might be a team you think you want to play with up until you play with them and you realize, like, your skill set doesn't really mesh with them or maybe personalities don't really mesh. So that that is the best way to go about it. Yeah, 100%. I, I feel like you guys all filled it in perfectly. Um, for the next question, this one's a good one. Tyrell Hayes. Dean Tester or me? Who's the better player? <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna say our own opinions on who do you think is the better player. So before we get into it, um uh I it was funny. It's funny to see like the growth of these two guys because um when I first started playing against both these dudes, I thought they were like all right, but um obviously when you first play against guys who are kind of green and dodgeball, they're they're not as good as you, especially when you're you've been playing forever, like most of us here. So, what I appreciate about them though is they kind of remind me of uh, how Team Awesome started, where like we would kind of beat them every time, but they kept <laughs> stuck with it. They they built their team, and these guys are the two guys that stick out on their team to me, obviously. Um, but uh, Tyrell and Dean both I think are are pretty awesome players now. But if I had to choose, I would pick Tyrell just because I think he's a little bit more athletic. Um, Dean's real good, too. And what's going for both of these guys here, they're a little bit shorter, but they have really good arms still. And they're really hard to hit. But I think Tyrell just overall is just a little bit better. What, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, uh, the other thing I want to add, too, is they're both really young. They have a lot of a lot of good yeah. to happen as well. So to answer your question quickly, um, if you asked me this question two years ago, I think it's an easy Tyrell 100%. Um, Dean just wasn't there yet. But now, since the last time I played them, it's a lot closer. Uh, Dean really improved, especially in uh, 8.5. I remember he was not about it. And then now now he, he's, I mean, he's one of the top players on the team. But to answer your question, I would still pick Tyrell. Like you said, I think he still has the edge, I think, overall, athletically, and I think his arm's still a little bit stronger. Um, nose thing's a little bit closer because Dean's got that crazy uh, curveball that he has. Um, so I think nose thing's a little a little bit harder to pick. But overall, I'd, go, I'd still go Tyrell. I agree. Yeah, Dean's curveball is really, really – I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive with the nose thing. Now, what about you, Chris? All right, so I'll, I'm gonna go the other way. So, and I'm a little biased here, only because I actually have had the the pleasure to play with. Uh, and, and like you guys said, the, both these both these guys were kind of brought up around the same time, so we've kind of we've we've kind of been uh, had a good chance to see them both grow um, substantially. But I'm gonna go with Dean only because um, I got to captain a team with him. Uh, I think it was the East Coast Draft Tournament. I think that's what it was. Um, and so I got to, I got to see firsthand of kind of him taking direction and, and can kind of like learning from, you know, my experience and how, how to, 
you know, manage a tournament from a captain's perspective. But um, that's the that's the the the, the, fat, the long answer. But the quick answer too is um, I think Tyrell. Um, he's a he's probably more athletic, and is there for a good time in the social aspect. And Dean's kind of he's got I feel like he had his competitive fires a little um stronger. And also if I'm if I'm lining up against um each one, I think Dean's a little bit more annoying to play because he he's a he's an excellent blocker and um and I think his catch his fallback catch game has got is has improved significantly too. So uh, I'll go with Dean. Cool, cool. I like it. What about you, Trip? You're the make it or break it. No, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not okay. gonna freaking rank people, but they're both. <laughs> I I just know like Matt. Uh, Matt holds a tournament for uh, it, it's your church back in the Philly area every year. Um, a two on two tournament, and I know both of them are extremely hard to hit and very frustrating to play. Um, but just one thing Matt did say earlier, it is cool. Like I I do remember a couple years ago where honestly I didn't I didn't think either of them came in like when they first started looking all that great, but now they're both in the mix with everyone. So they're both good. They're both extremely frustrating to play against. Um, but the, it is cool seeing guys like that, that you first kind of see it some, like the, that's what's cool about the East coast is we have so many small tournaments with a lot of teams and a lot of people showing up that you do see a lot of guys when they first start that you kind of are just like, all right, these guys will show up a few times and leave. But the guys that do stick around get a whole lot better uh, I can think of a bunch of examples of that, like especially like a team that started like the Bulls that were like they were laughable when they first came, and you were like, "There's no way they're going to play in a second tournament again." But then people like Jordan Shelley have now been playing for three or four years that are like incredibly improved. So both of those guys fall into that category too. I'm glad you said that too because I'm I'm high on Jordan Shelley too, just because um, exactly what you said. Like I'm so glad they came back, and it's like it shows who really wants to improve and who really wants to be here. So he's one of those guys where, like, the first time I saw him play, like, he wasn't that good. But um, I mean, going Drew, they, were, they were bad. Like, yeah. the, the first, like, three, four, five, six, ten tournaments they played in, they showed up and they did not sniff winning a game. And now they show up and, like, compete to win. Like, I love that team. I don't even know know if they play as the Bulls ever together anymore because I do know a fair amount of guys on their teams have dropped over the years and um, I'm forgetting that other kid's name last name's Umstead with the glasses yeah he looks like (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. he's I mean him and Jordan have gotten so much better and I always think about their team like from our local tournament they were so bad and like I I remember we played them at like a VFW one day where we were drinking and having fun and we were beating them left-handed and then like within a few years I mean they you focus up when you play them now and then you gotta love seeing things like that so yeah I agree 100 percent like like there's nothing bad you can say about people who get knocked down and then are like well I'm really passionate about this so I'm gonna keep going like that's how things get done. You know what I mean? Like, that's how, like, you, with anything, like, if you're passionate enough about something, like, you'll get good at it if you just keep trying. And uh, if you're playing, if it comes to sports, if you're playing against killers, that's the best way you're going to improve dramatically. If you're playing against people who suck all the time, you're never going to improve. So I agree with that 100%. And you can always but, tell, too, like, Guys like the like Dean Terrell, uh, Ryan, Jordan, all those guys, they were always the first ones after the tournament, whether they won, played well, played bad. They were the first ones to come after you, up to you after the tournament and ask, like, what do you guys – like, 
you're calling plays like what's your strategy like they would always ask questions they were always super fun to play with and those are always the people that end up being really good at the end yeah it's cool that we can shout them out there too um but uh moving on uh steve damon actually had a question as well too uh big shout out to him for again getting me started in this too he said what's the priorities of building uh a perfect team so is it for like speed power like what what when you build a team, like, what's your mindset behind it? Like, what are you trying to be like? So, for instance, like, crisis. Like, when I think of crisis, I think of a team that's just going to be like, you got to hit them before they hit you. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't get your shots in, they're just going to run for you. You know what I mean? Like, they're a power team, obviously, like a powerhouse. So, uh, let's start with Matt since you created um, Team Awesome, obviously. And then we'll go to uh, Chris because you – Started with the medics, obviously, and then uh, which you did a great job with creating that squad too. So, Matt, we'll start with you first. Yeah, again, I think it. I think it goes with roles, but there's also a mental aspect. I want to. I want to touch on that first. Um, I'm big on, and I know Drew is too. We hate playing with players that, if you're in a certain situation. You just know they're not going to come through because of their mindset. Like I, one of the things we really loved about playing with ev- everybody that we played with, I shouldn't say everybody, but majority of the people we played with competitively, every single person that we put on the court competitively, we felt like no matter who was left, we had a shot of winning because everybody had that mentality of, all right, we're going to, we're going to die out here if we have, you know what I mean? Like we, we, we're, we're going to go all out, and no matter what, we always be, we always have that belief that we can come back in a game. And I think that's why we had some, we've had some incredible runs in the past is because we've had players that really believe in themselves and believe that they should be out there competing. So the, I think that's the mental aspect. The physical aspect, I would go with, again, roles. Um, I love um, selfless teams, teams that, that players know the roles and they, they – they perform really well in those roles. And we've had really selfless people on our team. Chris is a, I mean, he was known for his corner, but there were so many times where he was like, I'll take the middle or whatever it may be. And then we'll even have people step up and be like, you know, I'm kind of sucking today. Um, I need to switch out and, and you can take my spot. So I think, I think roles and selflessness and being confident in who, who you are. I think that's the top things for teams. Cause I don't think you can really just mold it as, all right, let's be a fast team. Because then if you come up against a team that can counter that, then you're in trouble. You know what I mean? So that's my answer. That was a great answer. Um, uh, Chris, what do you got? So I guess like, you know, date back 15 years ago when like where everyone's the competitive scene actually just like started coming up, you kind of play with like what's around you. Right. So, when the medics started, we it was just a bunch of high school kids who all went to the same school and wanted to start traveling together. Um, and then we slowly built to what we, what we, what you guys saw. I think what was it, 2011 or 12 or whatever it was. And then, and then it's kind of grown to what it, what we see today, where it's not, you don't, and it, it's it, it's kind of a little frustrating. But you're seeing a lot of you're, you're not seeing teams that are built kind of on friendships, but you're seeing teams built based on like talent, which is which is still cool. But for me, like, and from my roots, it was I started with just a, a group of my high school friends, and then who are all athletic and competitive. But, um, but I, I I agree with Matt. I think 
one of the biggest things about building a, building a successful team was like, you know, kind of standing next to the guys and actually enjoying their company. Right. So you can build a team of like talented guys who, who are all well-rounded, but um, one of the coolest things about us was like, we, yeah, we would go to, we would hang out before the tournament during, and then during, and then after we're still best friends. And then look at us today, today, you know, 10, 12, 13 years later, we're all like, we're on a podcast together. So that's, that's something that I, I always treasure is like, you know, being comfortable and being genuinely happy with the, the guys and gals I'm, I'm standing next to. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Um, how you said that though, too. Cause like, to be completely honest, like starting this podcast, like it was super uncomfortable. And there's a reason why, obviously I have some of my closest buddies on to start it. You know what I mean? Like I could easily like be like, and I want to, um, uh, very soon to just start, uh, reaching out to like people I'm not as comfortable with, but, uh, obviously I'm going to reach out to you guys first though. Cause, uh, um, there's so much respect and, um, and I'm so comfortable with you guys though too, not to get all mushy, but, um, it just makes it easier. You know what I mean? So it's just friends talking. It just so happens we're being recorded. You know what I mean? So it's really cool. But, um, let's do, uh, Trent, what do you, uh, how do you feel about this as well? Yeah, I don't really think I have much extra to add. I, I think, um, I, I definitely feel a certain way. Um, and I think it's more, it's definitely along the lines of what Chris was saying. And like, I play the best when I'm having fun. I mean, so being able, I think some of the best tournaments that we've played in are the ones that, I mean, we get, we get to the city, not just the night before, but maybe two days before. Like I remember in Boston last year, like we all got there two days early and just like the first thing I did was me and Leslie met up with Chris and Danielle. And like, I've become like, and you could just spend time together and enjoy it. And then by the time you wake up the next morning and you're ready to play, the first thing you do is show up and instead of stretching, you sit down with your teammates and you have fun and you, I mean, just shoot it and uh, enjoy each other. And uh, I, I think that usually translates. And I, I mean, you see that with all uh, professional sports, really. I mean, like what champions are teams how how often does putting super teams together work unless it is really above and beyond a super team? Like, I think anyone can have success if you have like the best six players like in your region, but I mean, you're not always going to be able to do that. So I would always rather be on a team, uh, a close knit team that maybe is slightly less talented than a team that is going to be at each other's throat the whole time and maybe is a little bit better. But uh, I think maybe to each their own. I mean, that can work if you have like a perfect, fit team but it's a whole lot easier to just be surrounded by people you love and and, and make it work because it's a lot easier to communicate then when things aren't going well um and you can bounce back and uh get things back on track yeah and i agree with everything you guys said there's not much i can add to it either so um uh i was kind of the dummy on the team and matt was the methodical one i think we can all agree with that so uh, uh matt's answer is the one that i would agree with uh, along with you guys, but I mean, for our team specifically. But uh, let's move on to football now. So we're done with dodgeball for the day. We're going to move on to some football. Um, One second. What's up? I want to – two things. You're selling yourself short. And secondly, I actually wanted to – I wanted to challenge Triple on something he said last week. I, I bit my tongue, and I wanted to challenge him. Lay it on me. Can we do it real quick? Absolutely. 
All right. Yeah. So the whole professional thing with, with dodgeball. So I think this stemmed from, correct me if I'm wrong, Triple. I think this stemmed off of a Facebook post I made about like levels of sports you played. And uh, some people were on the, it's not a professional sport train. Some people were. Mark jumped in for a little bit. And I agree with Mark. So I kind of I kind of sit in the middle. I'm kind of with you, Trip, and I'll start there first. I'm with you in the fact that everybody that plays elite can't say that they are professional because anybody can sign up. And there's a lot of people that never won anything. So I agree with you there. But for the people who have played the top of the top competition and then have also won money on a consistent basis, I would consider that professional because just like anything else, if you're making money, now it's not substantial money, if you're making money and you're playing the top of the top competition, I don't think it, I mean, that's the highest level you can get. Am I right? Am I wrong? Oh, I always just feel like it turns into such a semantics battle. Like, I mean, and it, the thought maybe reoccurred from that post, but I've also seen that same argument on Facebook a hundred times. So that's why I didn't want to point that out because I don't want to call out anyone that's that commented or feel strongly one way or the other. Cause truthfully, I don't feel strongly one way or the other, but I, I mean, even there should be no like gray area, like to say that like, yeah, those people that are in that tournament are pros, but the people that just show up aren't, well, you either are, or you aren't. And like winning the tournament, like no one's being paid to show up. You're being paid to win. Pros get paid to show up. And like you said, anyone can, anyone can join if they want to like it's not a pro league and I also like I don't know that's what I it it just gets caught into semantics and like it you need to draw the line somewhere so for you to say like oh the teams that win consistently are pros but okay so the teams we play against aren't pros so you're saying pros are beating amateurs and that makes us pros like that just seems silly to me like there's there's no barrier of entrance so if there's no barrier of entrance, how are you going to call us professional athletes? Like, I mean, if you're on the USA team and things like that, like as all three of you have been, I can definitely hear an argument for that. But to say like elite dodgeball players or UDC players are pros because they compete at the highest level. Well, that's just because that's our highest level right now. Like it being an infant sport doesn't mean you get to call yourself a pro because you're competing at the highest level that there's no barrier of entrance to the highest level. So again, maybe USA and I'm sure at at some point, maybe you can, but to like argue that like elite isn't a a professional league or UDC is a professional league that always just makes my eyes roll on the back of my head because like, I mean, if we were a player short, my very lovely girlfriend, Leslie could stand on the court. I'm not calling her a pro athlete. Anybody else? I think that. Yeah. I think I would call Leslie a pro athlete. <laughs> I, I mean, I would never – like, I, I'm not a pro athlete. Like, just because we have a ring because we won the East. And, I mean, I do think that's a, a fair accomplishment. I think we worked really hard and played really well for that. That doesn't make me a pro athlete. Like, I, I you could have put anyone in my spot and maybe you guys would have gotten lucky and still won or, like, just by putting – someone that has never seen a dodgeball before like just because you're on a team that's good makes you a pro like it just gets so gray and I think it's just easier to say that I don't know some of us might be really good at playing but to just call people that play in these leagues professional athletes I think is a little lazy yeah 
Uh, I like the debate. I think it's a it's a very interesting one. It's kind of cool amongst friends to have this dialogue. Um, Chris, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you'd move on to football because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, but I will. Like I I know the post. You like Chris? Do it. <laughs> I, uh, I I I saw I saw your post, Matt, and uh, I though I agree with a lot of what di- what Mark did say. Honestly, I'm I'm heavily like in agreement with with Trip. You know, not once ever in my life have I ever ever told anyone, whether it be like in my professional in, in like like my professional work career or even like close family friends that I that I play professionally professional dodgeball. I I play because I like it. It's a I I have always considered it a hobby. Um, and have I played on some of the most highest level teams? Well, yeah, but. I still don't think that really counts because in my mind, professional puts food on the table, right? That's my, that my, that's my job that puts a roof over my children's head. Um, and that and Doswell just simply doesn't come close to that. Even, even if you were to win every major money tournament, um, it wouldn't come close to, you know, being sustainable. Right. So that, that's where I am. And I, uh, I'm not going to go on the thing, but I, um, I understand what like Mark's side and, you know, if you win at the highest level, and if there's money given out, it it's it it kind of counts. But again, I'm I'm gonna trip on this one. True. Can I add one more thing too? That yeah, yeah. Like, and even when I said about USA, I can at least hear the argument. Like, let's keep in mind, like Olympians aren't pro athletes. And to defend Mark a little bit against what I'm even saying, um, is I, I do get where he's from coming from. But again, I think that's where we kind of get caught in semantics because. I mean, to apply it personally a little bit, like uh, my mom owned a dance studio for 20 years. So if you have college, like dancers or cheerleaders and stuff, like you're considered an amateur. The minute you compete and win money, you're now considered a pro. Like, but I always get the vibe that's not what people are talking about. Like, if you want to say you're a pro in the sense that I've, I've, I've gotten paid cash or a a check from playing a sport. So now I'm no longer to, able to declare myself as an amateur. I think we're kind of getting caught in the weeds there because eh, maybe there should just be another term for it because, or maybe I'm thinking it too simplistically, but like, I, I do understand where a lot of people come from when that's the argument they bring up. Well, you lose your eligibility. That makes sense. But that's that's not what those rules are in place for. Like, I, I get it, but to call anyone that just joins up, like, where do we draw the – again, where do we draw the line then? So all the losers are amateurs, but the winners are pros. So then yes. the pros are beating amateurs. Like, it just it, – it gets very convoluted. And it, to me, it's just not really a necessary um, discussion. Like, outside of this – I get what, why we're talking about it, but that's why I never get involved on Facebook because also – there's never been a, a necessary argument on social media before that someone's changed their mind. So I've never got involved in these conversations before, but I always feel like the people that love to declare themselves a professional athlete, they're not saying that because they can no longer play collegiate dodgeball. They're saying it so they can talk to their friends at the bar and be like, yeah, I'm a pro athlete. I play pro dodgeball. Like, right. and that's when I'm just like, Oh, freaking gag me with a spoon. Like, yeah. Yeah. So there's two points I want to make, and I agree with both sides because I think both you, both sides, and I love the dialogue too because I think this is a very, first off, civil discussion, which is obviously going to happen amongst friends, but it's you're also making logical points on both sides. So I'm going to I'm going to do two points here. 
the first point is myself, uh, Matt, and Chris did get to the top of the top, and um, we've we've done it multiple times, and it's something that I'm very very proud of. But I'm like, I've always had this thing inside of me where like, I'm always like, man, I need to do better. I need to do better. I need to do better. So like, when someone's like, are you a pro dodgeballer? Like, I've honestly said it sometimes, like certain people where I'm like, yeah, I, I've actually played professional dodgeball. Is it kind of hype yourself up a little bit internally? If I'm going to be honest, probably. I think everybody that's, I think everybody that's ever said that kind of does it to kind of like beef up their ego a little bit. I think if you didn't, if you're like, oh, I said I'm a pro dodgeballer, and you and you're like, oh, but it's not to beef up my ego a little bit or make myself feel a little bit better, I think you're lying to yourself. But um, I haven't said it like too too much. I don't think uh, I usually just say, yeah, I play like super competitive dodgeball or whatever. And then like people will either get super interested about it or they'll just kind of be like, oh, that's a real thing or whatever. And then you kind of explain it, and it's a good conversation piece. But um, Obviously, we're super passionate about it. We're all on this because this podcast is heavily influenced on on um, dodgeball, obviously, and um, it's a huge part of my life, too. But uh, we also want to be realistic, though, too. But I will counter with this point, though, too. So think about the other sport that we really enjoy, MMA. So let's think about that. When you become a professional MMA fighter, right, you go into the UFC, your first fight, 2500 to show, 2500 to win, right? We've all made more than that playing dodgeball. So, they're professional fighters, so that's my counter argument. Is that something we can agree with or disagree with? No, because guess what? I can't walk up to the UFC and sign up and fight. Like, they earned that spot by, like, they, they earned getting to that point. It, the amount of money is not where I have any sort of like argument against it's not that yeah maybe we win a tournament that we win just as much as a lower level ufc fighter but they paid their dues and they got to that point and i mean you can pick like examples of maybe guys that aren't deserving or whatever but regardless it all goes back to there's a barrier of entry like they need to prove themselves and have a governing body say that they're worthy of playing again my girlfriend can show up to a tournament and say that she's going to play and is just allowed to play. That doesn't make her a pro athlete. Like no one's inviting her. No one's looking at her skill set and saying that she's, she's worthy of being on this team and there, there's no barrier barrier of entrance for her. So I think that is the the glaring difference. But I agree with that. I, I think that's a, I think that's a great point. Um, uh, does anybody else have, um, any other input on that, Chris or Matt? Yeah, my last my last comment, hopefully my last comment. Uh, but then you can counter Tyler's argument with UDC. You have to play a qualifier to get into um, nationals. So there is a barrier. Very true. Trip? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose that's fair. It's not a very... I mean, it got harder by the end. I know the first couple of years, people were just kind of showing up at tournaments where there was no other teams to compete against. But even in that scenario, a team could win, and you could just, again, you can plug and fill anybody. Um, yeah, but I, I see what you're saying. I think on on like a final closing statement, I think if I think you got to be realistic with yourself, and I think if you've made it to the top of the top, 
you have the right to say, hey, I'm a professional dodgeball player. You know what I mean? And that's just to who, like, you want to talk to about it or whatever conversation you want to have about it. But, like, I feel like it should kind of be reserved for, like, the top of the top players that have, that have won it. But um, I agree where you're coming from, Trip, and I agree where you're coming from, Matt, though, too, because there are some UFC fighters that, like, came into UFC – Fought once, lost. They made like twenty five hundred. Sure, they're insured, probably. Um, if they got injured, they probably recovered for for injuries and stuff like that too. So there's a lot that goes into it. But um, I think it's just all about perspective when it really comes down to it. Um, it's something that we're all passionate about, and it's it's fun to have this this discussion. I'm sure it's going to come up again. But um, do we have any other final thoughts? Or are we jumping into some football? I would just say like. It, it is fun, like, to talk about with you guys because yeah. I think at the end of the day, none of us really care that much one way or the other. Maybe that might be overstating it a little bit. But, uh, again, I think the only thing that rubs me the wrong way is, like, how much people, like, live and die by, like, arguing that point. And that's I think that's what, like, pushes me away from, like, the like I'll just never agree because how passionately people feel about it because – especially at a sport like dodgeball that's so kind of niche and like in its infancy, there's probably more nuance to the conversation than just saying like, Oh, if you've played, if you've played at the highest level, you're a pro athlete. Well, currently our highest level isn't that high compared to most pro sports. Like, and you can, I think that goes for all like kind of sports that they pair us with on ESPN, the Ocho and all that crap. But like it, it, I don't know. Like I said, I think there's probably just nuance to the conversation, and I feel like every time people have the conversation, they just are like, nope, we're pro athletes. I don't want to hear anything else about it. Like, they just live and die by that fact, and they don't really want to hear because there's obviously a lot of gray area. And, I mean, if you want to argue the top of the top, then sure, like, I can be convinced. Like, I, I don't feel that strong about it. But, again, it kind of all goes back to the fact that, like, usually it's the people uh, – Mark excluded because obviously he runs the most successful like dodgeball uh, like tournament around. So, I mean, he should take pride in it and he should fight for it. That's why I would never get in an argument with about Mark because I respect Mark and I understand where he's coming from. But I'm more so just talking about the people that show up and compete and are just like, yep, I'm a pro athlete. Like that just, bleh, that's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So to end this, I think we need friends like Trip, obviously too, because you're not a yes man, obviously you're a, you're a realistic outside thinker, which makes a lot of sense too. Like you'll keep us all humble, but um, we also need uh, the marks. We need the other people that are super passionate about the sport there too, because they are the ones that are going to push it to the next level. When I truly yep. believe it's going to get to the next level. My biggest thing is how long is it going to take? You know what I mean? Cause like I've seen just from playing forever, like it's crazy to say that, but I, I mean, Chris Zielinski and uh, Matt can attest to this too. Um, it's crazy to see like how long we've been playing to see the progression of this sport though. Cause it, it has progressed a lot in the, I guess I, I always say 10 years, we played longer than that, but like the 10 serious years, um, it's crazy to see how lo how far along our sport has gone. So the next 10 years is, is super exciting to, um, to uh, think about. So um, 
with that said, uh, let's jump into some football. Uh, before we get into um, um, Trip kind of taking over for this because uh, you got all the spreads and stuff like that. You're the you're the gambling guru. We'll call you. We'll call you the, <laughs> the bookie. Yeah. Um, real quick, I wanted to go over a couple points of last week to kind of recap. Uh, trip. Uh, Falcons are laughable. It's funny that you talked about, and we kind of discussed this uh, when we were uh, <laughs> when we were talking through our fantasy football thread. But, um, dude, let's just talk about how bad the Falcons are. I, I mean, I did something that I hate doing, and I, I deleted a post. I posted <laughs> every single – I did it after week one, and I did it after week two. I love posting – this uh the standings of the nfc east because again i'm a big eagles fan and just i posted what a dumpster fire the nfc east is with after the eagles lost i said at least the eagle the eagles are on two but so are the giants so are the cowboys and the washington football team is maybe only going to get one win all year and then as i press send i watched that stupid embarrassing onside kick that three guys just stood around and waited for someone else to do something when there was 10 different options on how you could have just fallen on that ball, smacked it out of bounds, done anything but stand there and look at it and wait for a Cowboy to jump on it. I mean, I've never rooted for the Cowboys in my life, but I wanted them to win that game so Falcons fans die on the inside. Because, I mean, the Patriots broke their souls in the Super Bowl, what, four years ago now? Like, the Falcons, eh, that was just the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in football. <laughs> it's crazy, too, because, like, I honestly, I truly feel bad for Matt Ryan, and I feel bad for Julio Jones, and I feel bad for the rest of their offense. It's just, like, they always put up numbers, and they don't win. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, another another thing we got to recap too is just the injuries it's crazy it's affected all of our fantasy football teams i assume uh has anybody not been affected by injuries from week two i'm doing great who are you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i haven't i have three leagues i don't think i've been affected by anything except for Le'Veon bell being a bum but that's my fantasy league that I don't care about him anyway. But, yeah, injuries have avoided me. What about you guys? Chris? Well, I'm in four leagues, and so I think uh, I have a player uh, – every every player that went on IR, I own in some way, uh, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. How about you, Matt? Yeah, Saquon Barkley. That was rough. Oh, man, that one's brutal. And then um, – also, I mean, he didn't even play yet, but uh, Galladay. And then uh, also A.J. Brown, he played the first game, but now he hasn't played. He didn't play last week, and he's not looking like he's going to play this week either. Yeah, I have A.J. Brown too, and um, I'm okay with that. After, Especially after the week two injuries and all the season-ending injuries, I'm cool with him missing a couple weeks. Same with uh, Raheem Mozart too. They're like, oh, he's only going to be out a couple weeks. I'm like, I'm cool with that as long as there's no – season-ending injuries, but um, but also uh, from week uh, – I mean, from our last podcast trip, you called the Bucks game. You said uh, they were going to come back and beat the Panthers. And then um, he also called the Chiefs beating the, um, the Chargers, even though it was super close. That was shocking to me. 
and then the Cardinals stopping uh, the Washington football team too, which was um, that one was a uh, was an easy one. But uh, yeah. Matt, you also I... oh yes, go ahead, Trip. Real quick, I mean, you brought up uh, that Chargers Chiefs game. That was the game of the week, and I was. I was very wrong in one sense that I've been saying for the last two years, Justin Herbert was going to suck in the NFL and he still might. But I mean, I kind of felt bad that they lost that game because I mean, he didn't know he was starting until what, a couple minutes before the game when Terod Taylor got a punctured lung from his own doctor, which is still, I mean, that sounds like, yeah, (laughs) sounds like probably an Eagles player, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was insane. I, I, I thought Justin Herbert looked um, pretty average at college. So to see him go out and actually play really well, that might just be one of those things where it's a rookie with nothing to lose. So he went out there and just slinged it around. But that was a super exciting game. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he plays moving forward. Yeah, uh, I agree, too. I was shocked how well he did from my, like, perception of him. I thought he was going to be trash. But um, I'm not going to – take credit for this but uh <laughs> did you guys see his like uh rookie photo or whatever when people were making fun of him it looked like he was like gonna be in the next disney channel original movie just because of the background <laughs> no dude it was hilarious but anyway we'll move on uh so matt you called the seahawks versus ravens which i wanted to highlight too uh you said the seahawks um oh no i'm sorry uh you said the seahawks were gonna beat the patriots and they won and then you said, uh, obviously, the Ravens were going to beat uh, the Texans, too, and they won, too. Um, with hockey, we talked about last podcast, too. Me and Tripp said Dallas were going to win game one. We were right. Matt, you were wrong. You thought Tampa was going to win. But let's move on now to Tripp. You take the show away. Um, we'll talk about gambling, the spreads, what we picked for week two, and let's see where we go from there. And then since that. All right, Chris is the surprise guest, though, too. He's going to have to throw in his picks, though, too. So we'll, we'll guide yeah, him along the way. Chris, if you had a chance, I did text you over kind of what we were looking at. But um, just for everyone listening, too, um, one thing we kind of thought would be a little fun, and we kind of got maybe caught in the weeds at times um, in uh, the first episode. So we kind of thought maybe it would be something fun. Instead of maybe talking about fantasy as much in our own leagues, I mean, no one really likes hearing other people's teams all that much or if they win or lose so we thought maybe we could make a little game um just for whenever me and matt or uh i can track chris also um are on any of these episodes i came up with a little sheet and um so what we're gonna do is we'll um we're gonna pick one favorite one underdog and then one uh over in points one under in points and then the two prime time games on Sunday and Monday. Um, so I sent the guys um, the schedule and what the point spreads are, and we're going to just kind of compete against each other. We're each going to make some picks, and we figured maybe we can talk about the games as we make our picks. Um, and if we have any, like, uh, head-to-head uh, conflicting picks, maybe just voice why. That way we can talk about the games a little bit, um, and then I can post um, all of our records and our selections uh, on social media if you follow Drew's accounts which Drew go ahead and plug I don't know exactly what the Facebook and Instagram are called but I saw you did make pages Drew yeah so I have um, sorry I just uh, while you were talking I, I'm going to be honest I went pee and uh, grabbed my fifth year <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah what, what is your what's your Instagram handle and Facebook page so uh, everyone can follow along Instagram handle uh, I think it's Drew and Crew 
Um, I don't know anything about Instagram. So I should do a shout out to uh, my lovely girlfriend, Emily. She's uh, running the Instagram because I have no clue how to do Instagram at all. I'm pretty stupid when it comes to that. But um, Facebook, uh, it's Drew and Crew. Um, and it's a Facebook page too. So if you guys want to shoot a like over there, that'd be amazing. We're at 100 likes already. And it's not even been a day. So um, uh, it's I'm very thankful to have Dodgeball obviously being the the biggest thing to to the biggest driving force i say for um this podcast and i honestly think it's gonna get how big it's gonna get i don't know but uh as long as i have people that i care about listening to it that's all that matters to me so as big as it gets it really doesn't matter but um as long as there's people that are listening that i care about uh that's all that really matters so i appreciate it Perfect. So yeah, that's why I just wanted to plug that really quick because we will post this and that that'll make, like I said, whenever me and Matt or Chris are on, um, I can kind of track what we do and that way um, it'll give a little more content for the social media that you can follow along. And just to give a really quick recap um, for those that don't really know. Um, so we're going to pick, like I said, one favorite, one underdog, and then uh, an over and under on the points. So obviously total points is just the total points scored in the game. So um, for the first game of the one o'clock, like the Giants and 49ers, um, the 49ers are the favorite and it's by four points. So we will keep record based off of the points also. Um, so if you pick the 49ers to be your favorite of the week, that means they need to win by at least four points, more than four points. If they win four, it's a push. So a draw. Um, and then the total points for that game is 42. Um, so you can pick the over or the under. Um, it would be more or less than 42, obviously. Um, so to start it off, we'll start it pretty simple. Um, we're going to go around and just uh, pick our favorite of the week. So whatever team is favored in a game by the point spread, what do you feel the most confident in? Um, so I'll start off with mine. Um, I have the Patriots. Um, they are five and a half point favorites. Um, they are playing the Raiders. And being my first pick, I already don't love it, but I do think that the Patriots are going to be pretty – They the Patriots don't lose two games in a row. Um, I do think they're going to win a touchdown. Um, I thought the Raiders looked surprisingly good against the Saints, but I'm also I, – I harped on it a lot last week. I think Drew Brees is well past his prime. I thought Brees looked terrible. He threw some – he threw a really bad interception, uh, like right at midfield. And without Michael Thomas, they just don't have a lot of firepower down, uh, downfield. I think the Patriots are going to uh, beat. Uh, and so the Raiders had a good win, but I, I, I think they're a little fraudulent right now. This is a big prove-it-to-me game. So I think the Patriots easily win by six. Um, so that's my favorite. Uh, Drew, do you have yours in front of you? Yeah, so I picked the Seahawks over the Cowboys. Uh, the reason why I picked that is just because I think it's crazy to think, but I think this is – going to be Russell Wilson's best year. He looks amazing through two games. And um, the Cowboys, I mean, they squeaked. I mean, they had a miracle win against uh, the Falcons. Uh, and then they lost their first game too, right? Uh, the, the Seahawks are 2-0. Is that what No, is the that? Cowboys. Cow- uh, the Cowboys, Cowboys are 1-1, one one. yep. They lost yeah, who did they, who did they lose to again in week one? Uh, the Rams. It was the Rams. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think Seahawks are – are taking that game. How about you, Matt? My favorite? Yep, uh-huh. your favorite. Uh, this is probably a mistake, but I got the uh, I got the Eagles over the Bengals. Um, 
I don't know. I just don't see them going down 0-3. Bengals are poop. So I think um, I think the Eagles are going to going to beat the Bengals. And I'm just I'm 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 saying this to kind of give Tyler some joy and hopefully my wife. <laughs> You're gonna will them to a victory. <laughs> yeah. And the Bengals the Bengals are poo, but they did they looked surprisingly good against the Browns. They were at least scrappy. I mean, I I like to see Joe Burrow have success. I loved him at LSU last year. He was so much fun to watch. But I mean, if the Eagles start off 0 3 and they lose to the Washington football team and uh, <laughs> and the Bengals, it's gonna and the Rams, that's gonna be a it's gonna be a long year. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Chris we gave you some time to to look over the, the games yeah. and stuff. Yeah, thanks, Trip, for sending that. So, um, I think my my pick was pretty easy. Um, it's got to be the Cardinals. Now they're they're a five and a half point favorite over the really bad football team Lions. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Is, uh, you know, you you've seen Kyler Murray kind of turn into like he's going to be one of the the greatest, and he's really starting to take command of the team. And I think the Lions defense is going to really try and shadow and maybe spy him. So I think this is going to be the Kenyon Drake show, and he's going to just go bananas. So great. I think I'm uh, cool with that. Me too. Well, then let me start with the underdog because I picked the Lions as my underdog because you just insulted my guy, Matt. You you insulted my guy, Matt Stafford. I I love Matt Stafford. I think they've they've had, they've lost two games so far, but they should have won Week One. I mean, DeAndre Swift had a ball hit him square in square in the chest and the hands, and watched it fall to the ground. And then last week they got throttled by the Packers, but they they scored twenty one. But I think the Packers are very good this year, so I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. But I'm I'm a big Stafford guy. I think I do think they are going to lose. But I think five and five and a half is probably too much um, for the Lions. I'm hoping they can keep it to a field goal or a four point game. That's kind of what I'm rolling with. I'm I'm hoping it uh, plays out like that. But I mean, I wouldn't be. The Cardinals are very good. I'm not to discredit. I don't really have bad things to say about the Cardinals, but I I think the Lions have underplayed their ability so far. Drew, why don't you go? Because I think yours. Uh, conflicts against mine. <laughs> yes, sir. So it's the Raiders. I got the Raiders as my dog because uh, they're playing the Patriots, yes. But uh, I'll tell you what, man. Like, you can't sleep on them. They're 2-0, right, the Raiders? They are. And they look good against the Saints, too, which was a shocker. Um, are you high on the Saints, fair? though? Like, do you think the Saints are a top team? I'm not high on the Saints. I kind of think they're kind of like – above average to say I don't think they're like a, a top team but they're above average I'll, I'll say especially with Drew Brees kind of slowing down uh, how old is he now 40 I don't know. I th- he's probably getting 40, 41 okay yeah I knew he was I knew he was at least 40 so um but still like with all their weapons like I was shocked the Raiders won so I'm kind of riding them and they're probably riding themselves too I'm, that sounded kind of weird but um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I got them beating the Patriots. The the reason why is because Matt kind of attested to it too in Week One, where it's like it's the Cam Newton show kind of, where like Cam needs to to run to really be a successful team. If they kind of just hone around him, I think they'll be all right. And then if they want to throw to Julian Edelman thirty times, that's fine for my fantasy team too. So that's okay. But um, 
Let's go to Matt. What do you think? What's your dog? All right, before I get to my dog, you you know Derek Carr is the Raiders quarterback, right? Yeah, I believe he wears mascara to every game. You ever see how dark his eyelids are? <laughs> yeah. He he is he is Garbo. They are not winning that game. So I wanted to throw that plug real quick. All right, anyway. Um I am with Trip. My under is the Lions. Sorry, sorry, Chris. Um my pick and my reasoning for this is two well, a, a few things. Um, Cardinals look amazing. I think they're gonna be a really good team, but they are still young, so they could make mistakes. Matt Stafford is always in close games. I think he has the most comeback uh, from behind wins. I could be wrong uh, since he started in the league. Um, so they're always in really close games. So even if they lose, I think it's – I'm with I'm with Trip. I think they lose the game, uh, but I think it will be under – what is it, five and a half? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so I think it will definitely be – Yep, under. five and a half. Yeah, so that's why I picked the Lions in that game. And I think the Cardinals are due for a loss – I'm not saying that they're going to lose this week, but at least be shaky. Um, so that's that's why I picked the Lions. Well, I'm going to just – this is just like all connected so much. Like, So I'm going to pick the damn uh, um, Bengals. So we're all like going against each other. So. <laughs> um, now, you're seeing a lot of reports with quarterback controversy already coming out of the Eagles camp, right? So – um, I think this will be the Joe Burrow show, and is, he's going to be the uh, the main reason the Eagles implode on themselves. So they're going to go 0-3 and then probably shut down Carson Wentz and see what uh, Jalen has. But, uh, you know, from an underperforming Miles Sanders to uh, not having one threat wide receiver, I think uh, the Eagles are done. And I, I just don't like that football team. <laughs> also, I want to stand, I want to stand up with this. I want to stand up for my guy Matt Stafford one more time real quick, and then we can stop talking about the freaking Lions because obviously no one cares about the Lions. But Matt Stafford is 18th on the all-time list of yardage and is only 32 years old. He's a future Hall of Famer. But anyway, um, so next we'll say over, um, the over uh, total points again. So between both teams combined, picking it over. Um, My over is the Steelers-Texans, which is set at 45. Um, that is one of the lower totals on the week, and I'm just waiting for the Texans to wake up. Uh, I mean, they, they're 0-2 already. They've had two – I think if I'm not wrong, I think they've played the Chiefs and the Ravens so far. So, And the Steelers is not much of an easier test, but I think both of these teams have offenses. Like the Steelers started clicking more in week two. I think they're one of the, one of the best teams in the league. If they're in the NFC, they would be my favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they have to play in the AFC against the Ravens and the Chiefs. But um, I, I don't know what's going on with the Texans. They trade their best wide receiver for a washed-up running back. Bill O'Brien's the worst coach in the league, maybe besides Dan Quinn. Um, but I, I'm still waiting for the Texans to wake up, and I think they're going to they're gonna do it this week. I still think the Steelers win, but I think they're at least going to put some points on the board. So 45 should be a very manageable number to hit. Um, Drew, what about you? I got Cardinals and Lions for the over just because um, Matt Stafford is probably the best QB of all time when he's playing <laughs> half a game, a half a game. <laughs> so he's either not going to do anything in the first half and the Cardinals go up big and then he just starts slinging the second half or vice versa. So that's why I think they're going to go over 54.5. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. 
and uh, that's the reason why I'm going to pick it. And I could be completely wrong, but this is just my opinion on the Lions mostly. Um, the Cardinals seem like a completely different team from – well, not a completely different team, but they seem like, uh, to attest to uh, Chris's point, where, like, it's it's kind of like the Kyler Murray show where, like, he's really hunting in the team now. So that part's kind of shaky for me a little bit where, like – but I still think they're off this is obviously dominant, so line's got to match it, so that's why I think it's going to be the over. How about you, Matt? Uh, my over is uh, Falcons and the Bears. Uh, the Bears don't really put up a lot of points, but I think the, the Falcons' offense has been really good. You touched on it. So I think they're going to push the, the score up, and the Bears are just going to sling, and I think that's just going to put it – I forget what the number is for the over, but – they're, they're going to go. Wait, up. did you just say the Bears are going to sling? You made fun of Drew for believing in Derek Carr, and then you said the Bears are going to sling. Do you recall who their quarterback is? Yeah, they're going to. he's going to sit, and uh, or he's going to get hurt, and Nick Foles is going to come in, and he's going to sling. <laughs> That's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, Trubitsky had 190 yards on 30 passes last week, so. Dude, slinging. <laughs> Trubinsky's got spots in his beard, bro. He can't even grow full beards. <laughs> All right, Chris, what's your over? Now, my mine's um, – I'm skeptical of mine, but I'm going to go um, the Bills and the Rams game. Their, their, their total points is slated for 47.5. Now, I know those defenses are both pretty tight, but um, I feel like those offenses are able to score at will, especially the Bills, being how dynamic Josh Allen has been um, and the weapons that the uh, J- uh, Jared Goff has. So, uh, yeah, I'm going Bills-Rams will definitely be over 47.5. That'll be interesting to see if the Rams are actually the real deal, too, because, I mean, they've played the Cowboys and the Eagles, but we we know how I feel about the NFC East. And even though I love my Eagles, I mean, both of those teams are not very good so far this year. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks if the Rams are actually good or if they've gotten lucky and have played two bad teams. But honestly, the Eagles' defense shouldn't be that bad, and they pretty much marched up and down the field for the, especially the first three quarters last week. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that pick at all. Um, for my under, I have the Giants and the 49ers. Um, it's at 42. And I love – Drew, I was going to mention this on your over, um, which is um, the Cardinals-Lions. That is the second highest. Um, the Seahawks and Cowboys is actually the highest total of the week at 55 and a half. Cardinals lines are 54. I love picking the lines that dare you to pick it. Like those are the highest lines. So no one wants to pick the over. I love picking the over. And same thing with this game. Giants 49ers is only 42, which is by far the, uh, there's one uh, Jets Colts is at 43. Everything else is higher than 45. Um, but the Giants and Niners, the Giants without Saquon, I don't think are going to be able to do much. I, and Danny Dimes, he shows up sometimes and looks all right. But I, Sterling Shepard is not very good. I don't think Darius Slayton's all that good, but maybe has some upside. The Niners with Nick Mullins at quarterback is, I mean, I can't imagine going to be good because their offense can already sleep sleepwalk sometimes. Um, so I, 42 points just still seems like too much, even being the lowest total of the week. I agree with you. I think that was a great. I think that was a great pick uh, by you. And I was going to pick it, but you picked it already. So I went with um, the under Broncos and Bucks. I think Broncos won because uh, Drew Locke's injured. Um, I think he's out for a while, right? He messed up his shoulder. You know, I, I haven't actually 
I haven't read too much into that. I hope not. I love Tua too. Yeah, I think at he least is. the month. Yeah, I think he um didn't they That's sign a, uh, Blake Blake Bortles? Bortles. <laughs> yeah, bro. But um so I think the defense needs to really step up for this game. Um Bucks have a good offense, but um I happen to have Tom Brady on my uh, fantasy team and uh week 2 he was more than poop. We'll call him diarrhea. And um uh I think they're going to be the under. I think it's going to be a, a close well, I won't even say a close game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So that's what I'm going to put down. How about you, Matt? Uh, I want to I want to detract real quick. Uh, Tyler, you left out Adam Gase as one of the worst uh, head coaches. So I to that's that. true. That is a great pick. Yeah, <laughs> I want to yeah. throw I wanted to throw that out there. That dude is horror awful. If I'm yeah, it's crazy that he still has a job. I mean, the Falcon Dan Quinn has to be running away with that title of insane that he's job. Gase is definitely right there too. <laughs> yeah. And going going off of Gase, uh, my under is Jets and Colts, which is the second lowest. Um, the reason why I picked that game is because the Jets are the Jets. And uh, <laughs> Colts, um, Philip Rivers is just so inaccurate. And he's either on – well, I don't even want to say that because I don't think he's been on yet. But um, their defense is really good, and the Jets are really bad. So I just think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And, yeah, that's my under. I'm definitely going to be betting on that as well because you got to think Herbert's going to have a little bit of a letdown too. But on the flip side, my favorite quote of the week, if anyone's been paying attention, did anybody hear what Adam Gase said the Jets are going to do this week? No, but it's probably terrible. They're going to go into hyperdrive. <laughs> that, was actual, that was an actual quote from a head coach at a press conference. He said the struggling Jets need to go into hyperdrive. He, he should have got fired right after that press conference. Absolutely. Chris, what do you got? I'm going to go uh, Browns and the um, Washington football team uh, for a few things. I know, uh, you know, what's his name? What's the quarterback on the Browns? Just have a, Baker. Yeah, so Baker's, you know, starting to come in. He looked pretty good Thursday against the uh, the Bengals last week. But, you know, the, the the one good thing the Washington team has going for them is like a pretty talented defensive end, like a couple, two of them. Um, so there's no way that uh, this game is going to hit 44 combined. It's just not going to happen. You didn't believe in the Browns against the Bengals? Their offense started looking like they were clicking in week two. Bengals might have the worst defense in the league, but they at least looked good for a couple quarters there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like to pick also. All right, um, so the last two things we just wanted to – maybe we'll do both of these at the same time. Um, the last two – so we'll make six picks a week. That that was um, a favorite underdog over and under from – those are all the one and four o'clock games on Sunday. Um, we're not really going to talk about the Thursday game because um, if we record this on a Wednesday or a Thursday, whenever you listen to it, it may have already happened. Um, so those first four picks will just stick to the one on four o'clock games. Um, then for the primetime games, which will uh, leave it open, you can pick uh, underdog favorite um, or point total. Uh, for Sunday night is the Packers Saints. Um, that spread is um, the Saints are actually three and a half point favorites right now. And the over under set at 52 and a half. I am taking the Packers because I, I mean, it's crazy that they're underdogs. Um, unless I typed that wrong, but I don't believe so. Rego even if they were three-and-a-half-point favorites, I'd take the Packers because I think the Packers are the re real deal. Aaron Rodgers is on a war path right now. Um, 
even without any stud wide receivers and they draft a freaking quarterback and a running back with what their first two picks or their two of their first three picks. Um, first two. Yeah. I mean, that's insane, but he, I mean, he's playing with a mission right now. And I think the saints just without Michael Thomas breezes security blanket. I just, I mean, it's, it's the Kamara show and Taysom Hill popping up every 10 plays. So I think the, I think the Packers are going to run the saints over. That's going to be my biggest play of the week. And then the Monday night game Ravens chiefs, um, I, I really waffled back and forth on that. I think the Ravens are going to win the game, but the Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point underdogs, and I just – that's disrespectful. I mean, the Chiefs, they they were flat last week against um, the Chargers. Maybe Herbert threw off their game plan a little bit because he probably threw more than Taylor would. Um, but just it's disrespectful to have the Chiefs be three-and-a-half-point underdogs. So um, I think the Ravens are probably the best team in the league right now, but um, – just, just out of respect to the Chiefs, I think they could easily bounce back and want to just dominate this game. Uh, they had a really close game last year when they played each other in week four. Um, I think it was a four-point game then also. Um, so I'm going with the Chiefs in that. Uh, Drew, your primetime games? I'm echoing exactly what you said. Uh, but I want to touch on the Packers real quick, though, too. I think the Packers are winning the Sunday night game just solely alone because I think – Aaron Rodgers is playing with a chip on his shoulder this year. After the QB got drafted, I think he's like, all right, screw you guys. I'm still a beast. I'm going to prove it to you guys right now. And he's just on a – I feel like he's on a campaign this season. And uh, I think they win that game. And then uh, the Monday night game, I got the Chiefs as well too. Even though they were shaky against the uh, Chargers, uh, same thing, disrespect. They're Super Bowl champions. And on top of that, they found a way to win that game anyway, too. Even though when even though they looked flat, they found the game a way to win that game. And they're that they're just that team. They're that team that's going to find a way to win in in games where they underplay too. So I got the Chiefs for that too. How about you, Matt? I'll I'll start with the uh, the Packers game. I echo you guys. I think the Packers win. Drew Brees looks really bad. No Michael Thomas. Um, and then also what you guys said about Aaron Rodgers. He looks like prime Aaron Rodgers. He's really slinging it. The ball even looks faster coming out of his hand. Um, and he doesn't look like those looks that he has of like, just kind of like looking out and just kind of gazing out and with a blank look on his face, he actually looks like he's motivated. The other game, you guys are sleeping on the Ravens. Ravens are nasty this year. Um, their defense is incredible and their offense is incredible. And it looks like Lamar Jackson hasn't even really had to do much yet in, in either game that they played. So, yeah, this game is definitely going to be closer than the game. But their running game is incredible, too, picking up J.K. Dobbins. They have a three-headed monster now. Um, and then their, their linebacker that they got, to Queen, he's a beast, too. So they had a really good draft. Um, I actually picked them to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm doing way early pick. But I think they win this game. And they're home, so I think they win this game. I got Ravens. Chris? All right, so I think a week ago, I think it would have been a clear-cut choice for me to say the Saints, but that, that game against the Raiders, man, that, that is very alarming. Um, I don't know if Derek Carr just made them look silly, but that Saints defense is looking super suspect right now. So I'm going to agree and go to the Packers. Uh, and, I, and I say that, and I have not watched one play of uh, or highlight. I mean, I've seen a couple of Aaron Jones highlights, but I have no idea. I don't really – just based off, like, post-game analysis and box scores – 
I don't know what the the Packers look like outside of what the uh, what ESPN tells me they're doing. So I gotta have to trust you guys <laughs> on that. Uh, and then my homer pick, man, I'm, my Ravens. I mean, there's no one. The, even the Chiefs are not going to beat them. So I'm going Ravens. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I did just double check because I, I doubted myself from looking at it. The Packers, uh, the Saints are three and a half point favorites right now. And again, just I um, for everyone listening, because if you're looking at things with us while, uh, um, if you're looking at any odds. Um, this is we are recording this on Wednesday night, so I did pull all these odds off of my sports book. So I mean, they can definitely change a lot because I can't imagine people are gonna really pile heavy on the Saints. Um, and one clarification: I actually did take the Chiefs Ravens over, even though I'll probably bet both because I, I I'm not sleeping on the Ravens. Like I said, I still think they win, but I think it's gonna be a field goal game. But that's the biggest over of the week. Um, with the Cardinals Lions, so I did take the over was actually my official pick on that. Um, so when I post those, don't call me out. That is what it is listed on there. But does anyone have any uh, closing remarks for football? I think we pretty much well covered at least most of the games we care to, care about. Yeah, I think we kicked butt on that. Um, and We're I'll... probably run at close over an hour and a half right now. By the way, Drew, just to keep in mind. Yeah, we're gonna run through it real quick, but uh. I'm going to message you after this about uh, Packers if they're still the underdogs. I'm going to try and get some money going, Brad. Yeah, but by the way, for some of the listeners, uh, sports betting is not legal in most states right now, but luckily I live in Pennsylvania, and it is one of the few states that is. So all of my gambling is fully legal. And uh, these boys that are on the call outside of Matthew, um, I am the bookie for. So me and Chris have actually been having our – having ourselves quite the profitable couple of days so far because Chris being on vacation start to get started getting a little little saucy and sending me some text putting some money and I've I've been tailing him and we've been doing well. So I appreciate you, bud. <laughs> thank you, Lightning and thank you, Nuggets. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. So now we're gonna get we're gonna uh transition to MMA now and we're gonna try and make this the fastest part of our segment just because um one, uh, we're closing in on time, and then two, uh, it'll be hilarious to hear Chris's picks there too. So we're gonna run through it real quick. <laughs> um, the recap of last week's card, real quick. I'm gonna run through it really, really quick. Nam versus Rivera. Nam won by TKO. We all voted on Nam. Great job, guys. Then we did Ewall versus. Was it wait? Was it Nam versus Rivera? Were there two Riveras? Yeah, there were two Riveras. Erwin okay. and Jerome. Gotcha, gotcha. So Ewall versus Rivera is a split decision, so it was kind of close, but we all got Ewall right. Newsom versus Costa. I was high on Newsom, but I was also high on Costa. I was wrong about Newsom. Matt and Tripp got Costa right. Costa looks good. I think he's got a bright future. Then we got Minner versus Laramie. Um, this one was hilarious because you guys were high on Laramie, and then I was high on Laramie after hearing you guys. But then Matt specifically said you can't switch so i took that one and you guys all were poo poo on that one just on that one uh, by the way i don't know if i was high on him i just said i was excited to see him because he was awesome on the contender series and then he got choked out in 52 seconds so he's no longer one of my guys gotcha gotcha <laughs> demoted i, I respect demoted. It. i'll take back i'll take back the high on but i respect it though uh <laughs> jessica clark versus alpar we all agreed that jessica clark was gonna win she won Silva versus Barella. Barella didn't disappoint. She lost. So um, 
I'm always going to vote against her. She's probably going to be cut. Whatever. This one was crazy. <clears throat> Bechtick versus Jackson. Bechtick needs needs help. Uh, that was crazy to see that he lost. With all the talent he has. So we all lost that one. We all voted Bechtick. He lost. Uh, it was crazy to see him lose, especially to an inning. Hey, it's three um, in a row for him, too. He's in trouble. Crazy. Because uh, he had so much upside, too. Uh, Espinosa versus uh, Dvorak. Uh, Matt and Triple uh, got Dvorak correct. I I wasn't high on Espinosa, but I thought he would win. So, um, poo-poo on me. Holland versus Stewart. We all agreed that Holland was going to win. I think it was a split decision. And I think Holland said that he thought he lost, too, which was very respectful. But um, correct. we'll take a win's a win. We'll take it. Um, Dern versus Marcos. We all thought Dern was going to win. She Trashed Marcos, which was correct. Walker versus Spam. We all thought Walker was going to win. He won, even though he got clipped a little bit. Uh, Shamaya versus Mearshart. This one was funny, that, um, where I wanted Mearshart to win. Uh, I did pick Shamaya, but I did want Mearshart to win. Uh, you guys knew Shamaya was going to steamroll Mearshart. I he think knocked him out in 17 seconds. I think we can all agree that we thought it was going to be ground and pound and not a 17-second knockout. <laughs> Is that true? Insane. Yeah, it was so exciting. I love this kid. I can't wait. They even said after the fight, we talked about last week, how they had him already looking. This was the fight that they even had a second fight already in the works for him afterwards to fight Damian Maya. Dana White said after the fact he might need to find him someone better because that kid's freaking scary. I love him. Yeah, and I – and to – so it's funny because I'm not a hype train guy at all. Like, I don't really – I get turned off by, like, hype trains. But uh, I'm jumping on this train. I think what's scary about him, too, is, like, so Damian Maia. I was like, all right, if he gets to Damian Maia, he's going to get submitted because he's going to take him down and get submitted. But now I'm like, dude, he might just knock Damian Maia out. <laughs> so now it's just crazy. So the sky's the limit for this guy. Um, Cerrone versus Price, draw. So none of us got that right, obviously. Crazy. I thought after watching the fight, I watched the fight today actually because I was working the bar when um, this fight went live. But uh, if not for the eye pokes, I thought Cerrone lost. How did you guys uh, pick this one? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, even the scorecards show it. I mean, Price won two of three rounds, but I mean, he poked Cerrone in the eye like three times. So they, they, they took the point after uh, the second one which made it, um, since it was two to one, it, it evened it out to be a draw. I thought a dr the draw was the right choice. Price won two of the three. I agree. How about you, Matt? I didn't get to watch the fight, so you can, you can skip me. All right. Um, you didn't get to see it at all? No. Crazy. That's your boy. But, yeah, actually, so there's a website called MMA Share. Uh, I don't know if it's legal to say that, but I, I don't care. Um, MMA share um, is awesome for uh, replays for MMA fights. So if you ever want to see a replay, you can just jump on that website. But uh, True. ESPN costs four ninety nine a month, and you are a big MMA fan. You can spend $5. <laughs> uh, Trip. Trip, remember, Matt called me frugal last <laughs> podcast, okay? I'm frugal. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah uh, – it's a little concerning for Serenity, and we were already concerned about him. And the thing I like that he said, though, during his post-fight speech is uh, 
he's going to take some time off and he's going to uh, kind of pick his spots now. So I think that's best for him as a human, but as a uh, fighter, it's a little disappointing. So we'll move on to uh, Woodley versus Covington. Uh, myself and Matt got that one right. Uh, Trip got that one wrong, which is rare for Trip, but um, I think Woodley's just done. How about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I I got it wrong, but that was more so. That, that was my gambling brain talking. Like Covington is obviously the better fighter, not to make excuses, but I thought Woodley being more than a three to one underdog. If there, like I said last week, if there was ever a time for him to show up, it was that fight, and he just didn't. He's now lost like. 15 straight rounds in a row like his last three fights he hasn't won a round and he looked terrible came out after the fight and said that rib injury actually happened in like the second or the third round and then it got worse at the end of the fifth but I mean the injury did it like it looks a little bit better on the um on the post-fight results that it says injury that maybe he didn't like maybe it was something freak but he got dominated for for and the majority of the fifth round like he he showed nothing he needs to retire i mean he's 38 years old which is pretty old for a fighter but i mean he literally has nothing left if there was ever a fight that he should show up looking good it's against a guy like covington who's pretty easily the most hated person in the ufc and he did absolutely nothing i agree 100 percent. i think um maybe woodley fights one more time against someone who's like between ranked eight through ten or some some something like that, and then he wins and then just walks off. But um, I don't think he would. Happen. There's no one in the top ten or top. Now I'm at the point where I I I saw all I needed to see. Now I still had a glimmer of hope for him before this fight, but now I, I don't think he beats anyone anywhere near the top ten. I I think he should walk away with the shred of dignity and a little bit of like positive remembrance that people have of, had of him as a champion. Because if he keeps just getting absolutely outclassed i mean that's what people are going to remember him for and it's a shame i agree with that but i feel like it's uh a little too late though because i thought i felt like if he beat covington like he gains all of his like respect back and like all of his glam but uh losing to covington man that's 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 rough especially because of how coven covington's like his shtick i guess uh, um it just makes it look so much more worse but um so real quick, crazy to think, but uh, I went ten and three in fights, which is not bad. Trip went ten and three in fights, which is not bad in this card. But Matt is the winner with eleven and two on this fight card. Let's go! So Matt, Matt's up on the leaderboard right now for uh, fight cards. Uh, something we're gonna do a little bit different though uh, for this podcast. And uh, Trip made a great point. We're not gonna be picking uh, a bunch of randos that we're not too familiar with. We're just gonna pick the fights that uh, make the most sense. So we're going to go into that. The first fight we're going to get into, and it's going to be awesome to hear uh, Chris's input. input. Right, Chris? Let me just say, uh, I don't know anything about MMA. I just <laughs> the lines and I bet the fun stuff. You don't need yeah, to sound, sound so sad about it, Chris. By <laughs> <laughs> uh, the by the way, I have six beers deep in this uh, podcast, and I love every minute of it. <laughs> um, so we're going to do one prelim fight, and then we're going to do just the main card. We got Diego Sanchez versus Jake Matthews. Diego Sanchez is a legend, obviously, was on UFC Tough One. Um, if I were to pick, I'm picking Jake Matthews. Diego's kind of crazy now. He has a coach that will 
chase you around the cage with a knife. And yeah. um, you didn't see that? No. Yeah, Mil Meek uh, posted a video of uh, his crazy coach chasing everybody around with a knife. And then he was beating everybody with a stick after that, too. So it was pretty funny. So I got Jake Matthews. Uh, how about you, Matt? Yeah, I got Jake Matthews, too. Diego's small, uh, especially at welterweight. And Jake Matthews is huge. I'm trying to look at the size right now. They're only one inch different in height. But just body-wise, Jake Matthews is huge. I think he's going to – he might murder Diego Sanchez in the, in the, in the ring. That's my pick. How about uh, you, Tripp? Yeah, Matthews is going to kill him. I mean, as much as we picked that as one fight to, that we were kind of interested in on the undercard just because the undercard's so bad, and Diego is at least a name that's been around since the beginning. I mean, he's been fighting for close to 20 years now. Um, but Jake Matthews is going to destroy him. What about you, Chris? All right, give me the other guy. Take, give me the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, it's going to be funny. Diego's going to win this fight now. Why? <laughs> By night. Chris, I mean, Chris, if you want to bet on Diego Sanchez, you can make a whole lot of money. <laughs> or lose a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So we're going to get our main card. We got Hakeem Dawadu versus, all right, don't make fun of me. This is a Russian guy. Zubera Tukagov. I think I said that right. Tukugov. The Tukugov. Yeah. Uh, I got, I, I got Dawadu. I've been following him since he kind of started. Um, he's a beast fighter. His last fight, I think, was a little close. But um, the Tukugov or Tukugov or whatever his name is, um, I think he's good. But I just think Hakeem Dawadu is a little bit better. I think it's going to be a stand-up fight. Uh, Tukugov might try and take him down just because of um, – how good Dawadu is on the feet, but uh, I got Dawadu. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I got Dawadu as well. I'm with you. I, I'm a big fan of his. Um, it looks like uh, the Russian – I'm just going to say the Russian guy. It looks like the Russian guy won by KO in his last fight. So if he tries to stand and bang with Dawadu, I think that's a big mistake. Um, if he tries to take him down, we could have a, we could have a boring fight. But I think Dawadu clips him and, and wins by KO or TKO. Yeah, I mean – and the guy knocked out was Kevin Aguilar, who's terrible, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dawudu is going to win. Yeah, I, again, we're kind of kind of going chalk again. But, yeah, I, I, Hakeem has at least looked good. He's fought a couple good opponents. Uh, he He's had a couple split decisions, which isn't great to see. But, I mean, Julio Arce and Kyle Bochniak are a lot better than anybody uh, the Russians fought. So, yeah. Uh, Chris, you got this game. Oh, screw you guys. Yeah, give me the Russian man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so now we got Caitlin Vieira versus Sajari Eubanks. Now I need Trips' help a little bit. Vieira's last fight was she the one who got KO'd by um, Aldana? Yep. Okay. Even though but before that she would. Uh, before that, just to give you more, I mean, Ketlin Vieira has been really good. I mean, and she's beaten really good opponents, too. She beat Kat Zingano. She beat Sarah McMahon. They're both former title contenders. She beat Ashley Evans-Smith, who's the love of my life. Um, she, she's, fought, she's fought a lot of really good opponents. Um, so, I mean, she did get knocked out, but um, Aldana's really good, too. She's no slouch. So, she's fought a lot of really good 
um, are really good opponents. But so as, I mean, Eubanks has looked good in her last two fights. Um, she's won, but she's lost a couple bad ones too. Um, I don't know if you got to your pick already, but I'm definitely going Vieira. I agree. I'm doing Vieira as well. I think Eubanks looked amazing in the Ultimate Fighter show. But ever since then, I think she's kind of fallen off a little bit. Sure, she's won fights, but her fights have not been impressive. So I got Vieira. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I got Vieira as well. Uh, there is a four-inch height difference, and Vieira can – she can throw bombs. I think uh, Eubanks is in trouble. How about you, Chris? Well, you are, you already know, baby. Give me <laughs> Eubanks. Eubanks. All right, let's go to Kai Kara France. Uh, against Brandon Royball. I really want to pick uh, Brandon Royball just because of how he came in the UFC. He was already kind of shocked, not shocking people, but uh, winning right away. I don't think he's lost yet in the UFC, actually. And um, Kai Kara France, he did lose kind of recent. I forget to who, but uh, I got Kai Kara France against uh, Brandon Royball. How about uh, you? <laughs> Uh, Kaikara lost to uh, um, Brandon Moreno, uh, but I would just like to point out that this is the fight of terrible nicknames. Kaikara's name is Don't Blink, and he has uh, seven of his last eight fights have been decisions. So that is a terrible <laughs> for a guy that does not finish fights. His name is Don't Blink, and does anyone know Brandon Royval's nickname? No, it's no, raw but he looks dog. like a what is it? It's raw dog. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, two of the worst nicknames uh, in MMA. Um, I, I'm going to go with Kaikara. Um, I, I mean, it's hard to pick a guy named Raw Dog, so I'm not going to. Um, he has a good win against Tim Elliott, but he hasn't really fought uh, many people other than that. Kaikara, and he's only had one UFC fight, um, Drew. Um, oh, Kaikara has – yeah, he, Kaikara has more – more experience. He's fought really good guys. He did just beat Tyson Nam in his last fight in February. Uh, he lost Brand Moreno, who's really good. Um, so he's got more experience against better guys. Um, and yeah, I, I'm I'm not a Brandon Royval guy. Matt, Chris, I'm jumping I'm jumping on your train. I'm going Raw Dog just for the nickname. <laughs> Thank you, oh man, I was just gonna say I don't. I'm I'm with Trip. I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you bet on Raw Dog, you might catch something. So <laughs> I'm going Raw Dog. Okay, cool, cool. So um, you might catch something because uh, the next guy's name is Dominic Herpes. No, I'm just kidding. It's, uh, <laughs> Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blackwich, which is a great fight. It's uh, for the vacant light heavyweight title belt. Um, I got Dominic Reyes. Uh, I just think he is the next champion. But it's so crazy because you can't really count out Jan. Like, he's just – for instance, when he fought Corey Anderson the last time, I was like, all right, he might win. He just starched him quick. So, um, but I still got Dominic Reyes. How about you, uh, Matt? Yeah, I got Reyes as well. I think he's the all-around better athlete. I think he's faster. So, I think he's going to – I think he's going to win. Fun fact, and this is kind of crazy, you would think – at least I think you would think it. I would think Reyes would have such a longer reach. Blackowitz has a one-inch reach advantage. I thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going against you guys. 
I think Reyes fought John Jones in his last fight, which was a crazy fight. Some people think Reyes won. Uh, he didn't. Um, but uh, he does have some really good wins. He beat my favorite fighter on planet Earth, Chris Weidman. Um, he's looked really good at times. But I think coming off of the uh, loss to Jones, I, I think he's – I don't know if he'll look past Blahovitz because this puts him – is this for an interim belt, or do they have? They already have something planned for the vacant um, belt after that. I don't think this is not for the interim, interim belt, right, Drew? I think this is the legit belt. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I Blahovitz has been on a tear. I mean, a, like five, four, four years ago, he lost a couple bad ones, but since then, I mean, he's won seven of his last eight. He beat Jacare. He beat Luke Rockhold. He beat Nikita Krylov. Um, he got knocked out by Tiago Santos, who's another beast. Um, but I really like Blahovitz. Um, I think he can do a little bit of everything. So I'm actually going against you guys. I'm taking Blahovitz. Yeah, so before Chris uh, picks real quick, I, I'm going to try and predict the future. I think Reyes wins the belt. But then when Tiago Sol- uh, Santos fights for the belt, I think he starches uh, Reyes. But that's Santos, is, he's a monster. That's why I wasn't yeah, I- sure – I didn't know if this was for the belt at all um, because I know Santos just lost to John in his last fight too. So I didn't know if they were going to make, um, if he was waiting in the wings yet or uh, how they're, I hadn't, I hadn't really read into if uh, this was for the belt or if they were setting it up for the belt after the fact. But I mean, these are, they're, they're the top three guys, but I think Blahovic squeaks it out. Yeah. So Santos was supposed to fight Glover to share, but he got uh so Glover got COVID and then Santos got COVID. So, it's been a little bit of pushback, but once Santos fights for the belt, he's going to starch him. Uh, Chris, what do you got? That was a lot of analysis I didn't understand, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to name Dominic, so I'm going to go with that guy. You like he's Dominic? a big favorite, too. Yeah, so, I mean, you three you three picked Reyes. He's almost a three-to-one favorite. Um, Blahovitz is plus 225, so there's there's some decent value there. I, I've – it's probably just bias. I didn't like that Reyes dominated my guy Weidman, so I've never been a big fan of him. But uh, Blovis, he's scary too. So I mean, at at that weight, I mean anything can happen. So I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping the upset comes up. Yeah. So it's gonna be funny when we look back on this on our next podcast, and and Chris wins uh, MMA with no knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so finally, a championship bout. This one is wild. So it's Israel Adesanya. Versus Paulo Costa, and the O must go. They're both undefeated. It's so crazy because like you always doubt like certain champs, and they keep proving you wrong. Like I thought Israel Adesanya was gonna lose to Whitaker, and uh, it was very depressing when he beat Whitaker because Whitaker is one of the most beloved guys. But I'm still gonna doubt him. I think Paulo Costa beats Adesanya. What do you think, Matt? I agree. I think I don't think Costa is going to sit back like Romero did, and I think he's just going to be too much force. And I don't like Costa at all. Um, I think he's on the roids. I, I don't know how he gets around it, but um, I think he just smothers Adesanya and, and beats him. Ooh, I love going against you guys. Um, <laughs> I think I think Costa's a fraud. He's in three and a half years, he's fought three times, so he's not very active. In those three wins, he beat Johnny Hendricks, who is fat, old, and slow. He beat Uriah Hall, who just shows up sometimes like he's half there. And he beat Yoel, 
when Yoel lost like four of six fights. Adesanya, on the other hand, outside of his last fight, which was one of the most boring fights ever against Yoel, where I think like a total of like 25 punches were thrown. I mean, he's beat Whitaker, Gaslam, Anderson, Derek Brunson, Tavares. He's beat a murderer's row, and he was doing it exciting. He's fast. He He's great at keeping distance. I love Adesanya. I think he's going to stay champ for a while and I think he I think he beats Costa pretty easily I hope it's more exciting than his last fight I hope Israel's not in the mindset of just trying to keep his belt now that we've seen some champions fall into where now that they're champ that they, they kind of lose it. I mean it's what happened to Woodley I mean Woodley was the most exciting fighter in the world up until he became champ and then he just wanted to keep his belt hopefully Adesanya's not like that and um, a little bit of fire comes back because I think he was pretty embarrassed. I mean, he said it in his post-fight press conference, or not even the press conference, in the ring against Yoel that he was, I mean, he was embarrassed by the performance, that it was boring, and he never wants to do that again. So I, I think he has something super exciting uh, planned. I think, I think he's going to beat Costa within, within the time. I think he finishes him. How about you, Chris? Jesus, and again, with the, the, uh, the in-depth analysis, amazing. Uh, but I googled I googled them real quick, and uh, my analysis is uh, Adesanya. Uh, he's based out of New Zealand, so and I love that country, so I'm I'm going that dude. Chris, we're gonna uh, ride together. Chris, we're we're gonna we're gonna tra- trail each other's picks on a couple of these last ones. We've been we've been syncing up, and it's been doing us well lately. So we're yeah, we're gonna ride out this fun on Saturday, okay? Your analysis is very thorough. Mine's you know names and just random Google searches. <laughs> hey, <laughs> sometimes all I need is a text from you. Like when you said Nuggets, I said I'm in. Let's do it. So yeah. a Google search is just as easy as me thinking about it. I got who am I? So you know. So before we go, uh, any final thoughts uh, from any of you gentlemen? We'll start with uh, Triple. Ooh, um, no, I don't think I got anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this was. I think the. I think this was better than episode one. I think uh, the one thing we gotta do is maybe try and keep it a little bit shorter because every time we say one hour, we're then two hours in. But outside of yes. that, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to all three of you. I love you all very much. How about you, Matt? Yeah, we're competing with Joe Rogan with these time frames. Um, we're what two hours in? Um, yeah. The so that must mean we're Drew. That must mean you're going to make eighty million instead of the hundred million. Then. Um, I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, how about you, Chris? I'm not done. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> the uh, the only just fun fact going into the NFL this week, there's still eleven teams that are undefeated. Crazy. Oh, we never did the undefeated yet. No, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Next week. Next week. I got, I got to work. <laughs> It'll get a little more challenging later in the year. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Chris? I just want to say uh, thanks, fellas, for having me on as a guest. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, caught me on a good week. Yeah, like Drew said earlier, I'm in OBX on family vacation. So I uh, hope we come back maybe next week and another couple special uh, what's it, guest appearances for you guys. Love you guys. 100% before we close, um, I just want to say I love you guys very much. Um, It's the best thing to catch up with all you guys at the same time. Uh, I truly enjoy it. What makes it even better is um, thoroughly six beers deep, and it's just a wonderful thing. And um, I hope to continue this, though, too. I want to – it's up to you guys, honestly, 
to keep it a weekly thing. But um, I obviously want to get other guests on too. But um, if I can pop out two podcasts a week, it'd be pretty sweet. So, again, love you guys. Uh, you're my best friends. And um, uh, let's keep this train rolling. And uh, let's see where this thing goes. So. Yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully we can – if we can shorten up a little bit, maybe it would be – uh, nice to have a short a midweek episode like this that we can uh, I love talking sports I mean I'm sure you you can talk dodgeball all day and I like the beginning dodgeball talk but I think this is fun talking talking sports with your friends is uh, all, all I look for out of friendship sometimes so I can do this all, all day every day every week so it, the more you want to bang these out like I said I'll, I'll keep I'll keep tally of everything I think it would be fun that I can uh, post some of these records and stats along the way and maybe if there's any other uh gamblers out there or people that love football and mma like we do uh maybe if one of us gets hot we can actually even make some people some money too <laughs> so what trip just said is he's in every week now it's up to matt and uh chris <laughs> <laughs> well you can't have a crew without having people so i'm in i appreciate it and i will even probably change my name if it becomes a weekly thing it's not about me anymore. It's about all of us. So uh, we'll switch it up because I'm, I'm not fine. that type of I'm fine being the crew to my Dang, nah. I'm not that type of guy, though. <laughs> I just thought it was going to be. I you brand it, bro. You can't be. change it. Yeah, but I'm about you guys. It's not about me. So <laughs> let's leave it on that. I love you guys so much. I'll shoot you some texts after this, but uh, have a great night. Um, wake up early and fresh for tomorrow for work. And um, Chris, uh, Get hammered tonight, all right? Enjoy vacation. <laughs> Love you, boys. I'll see you. All right, guys. That was the end of episode two of the Drew and Crew podcast. It was awesome to have uh, Tyler Triple and Matt Giovinko back on. And uh, also a special um, surprise by Chris Zielinski as well. So that was really cool. Um, we got to, again, talk about a lot of dodgeball, a lot more this time, which was cool. Got to debate the the whole pro usage when it comes to dodgeball. And then we also got into recap of football and then we did some football picks. And then we also did a recap of the MMA fights of the Colby Covington Woodley. And then we previewed uh, Adesanya versus Costa card. That's going to be on this Saturday. So um, hope you guys liked it. Um, tune in, like, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. If you want to keep listening to us and thank you so much and uh, take care.